Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? Guys, I hope that you're navigating this new world order that we're in, as I call it, virus jail, uh, as well as can be con- can be expected. And I have tried as much as possible in these, these past several weeks and going forward to kind of customize the topics that I'm covering and, and the way that I'm covering those topics around the reality that we're in right now. And today's podcast guest is certainly no exception to that. So today we have Katie Seacrest. And Katie, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Lisa. I'm just so happy to have a chat with you and talk to your audience. Why don't you start by telling us about yourself and a little bit about kind of what we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. Um, So I work for a company uh, located out here in Seattle, uh, Washington, called Sustainable Business Consulting, um, SBC for short. And what we do is um, strategic advisory uh, and and solutions for um, really any size company, any industry. Um, We've worked with uh, Nordstrom and REI, uh, Alaska Airlines, but we've also worked with uh, local breweries and and small, you know, mom and pop shops um, on how to best integrate sustainability uh, to improve financial performance, um, as well as, you know, environmental and social performance. So that's what we do out here in Seattle um, and looking forward to just sharing uh, what I know in these uh, crazy times as well in relation to sustainability. Yeah, so we're really going to talk today about careers and sustainability. How do you get that career started? What are some of those, you know, specific challenges that people have in that area? And I know this is such a hot area. I've had several clients come to me and don't always feel terribly qualified to give them the specifics, the granular information about careers and sustainability. But I'm I'm wondering how you were drawn to this field in the first place. Did this happen right out of college? Was this, uh, you know, what I call a happy accident? How did it happen for you? Yeah, Lisa, so I had um, kind of a unique um, opportunity uh, that presented itself to, to me. Um, I came into this field pretty uh, directly um, right out of my undergraduate degree, which uh, that alone is uncommon, um, having a deg- an undergraduate degree in sustainability. Um, it's, it's growing, but uh, still uncommon. And I, had, I was kind of right place, right time. I had um, engaged in a couple of uh, on-campus and off-campus opportunities that led me through a, a path of um, building my network, which turned into uh, being able to, you know, meet my uh, soon-to-be boss um, and now boss. Um, so very direct path. My my interest in the field came from a very young age of, of course, one, you know, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, but and just being around, you know the city as well as nature and the outdoors being so closely intertwined. Um, but also, you know, just understanding that there's, there's different ways to do business. I wanted to be in business, but I never had the drive or the inkling for the corporate ladder and, um, and how to, you know, work the, you know, work your departments and work the field on kind of stepping on each other for that corporate gain. And so, I thought, you know, there's, there's just no way that that's all that's out there. Um, but I also didn't 
you know, want to go into nonprofit. So this was a beautiful medium for me where I realized, hey, wait, you know, there's a, there's a field here. There's something going on in sustainability that I can, I can really use those, you know, soft relationship skills um, as well as the hard business skills and really do something different, make an impact in the world. So I think what I hear you saying is sort of a subtext is that you don't have to major in something like sustainability in order to get these kinds of jobs and to be marketable. That's exactly right. In fact, Lisa, it's funny. Um, we, we've done, well, we have a book out. Um, SBC has a book out called How to Get a Job in Sustainability. Um, and it is, it's exactly that. You, uh, you'll find that over 80, 85% of of jobs in this field do not have sustainability in their title. Um, and there's just really no clear path. You know, if you want to be a lawyer, you take the bar exam and, and off you go. There's, there's really nothing like that um, in sustainability uh, as far as a clear path and a clear department to, to go into or a role. Uh, you're really creating it on your own. And so it's, uh, it's a great thing about this field is that you can really do anything and you can start anywhere. Uh, but it's also the most difficult because uh, there's just there's there is no path. There's no right answer. And employers, you know, on the flip side, employers don't know where to look uh, of who to find the right candidate. So uh, it's it's interesting. You have to get creative. Um, and a lot of it is just building relationships and networks. And I'm very interested in the book that you just mentioned um, and how our listeners could get a hold of that. So please be sure and share that with, with us before the end. So that's a, that's a, <laughs> a Absolutely. reminder for you at the end. Give us that information. So, yeah. all right. So you've got these job seekers that majored in who knows what English philosophy and religion. I used, I spent 22 years in college career services. And I know that while most people at age 22 think they're going to have this nice straight career path, it looks more like, what is that road in San Francisco that's the crooked? It looks like that, right? That really yes, it road. does. <laughs> so these job seekers that are interested in kind of a social impact, you know, sustainability career, how, tell us some of the kind of tailoring or, you know, specific strategies they would need to engage in for their job search to make them more marketable. Yeah. Um, now, there are several ways to go about this. Um, what we tell people is before anything else, uh, wherever you at, you're at in your career search um, and in your, your career alone, just in your, your lifetime, sit back and just inventory your skill set um, where it is and get creative. Um, really start to think about what it is that you want to do, you know, forward looking, and how can you support that outlook with your current experience and current role and even, you know, just being a student, um, that, that you have a lot of unique ap applicability of the skills that you've taken through your university classes that can be uh, utilized in building that case for if you are a good candidate in the sustainability field. So, that is always step one, is just um, inventory where you're at and, and really set your sights on what it is that you wanna do. That doesn't mean you can you know, only have one option, right? Um, you wanna have multiple different paths of things you're interested in. Um, but really, you know, the, the best way we find right now, um, because there's not a lot of education out there um, that sets that clear path, 
yes, there are some graduate degrees. So, you know, if that's a route you want to take, it's fantastic. Um, get that training and the skills and give yourself some time to think about what you want to do. But what we find even more often that sets people up to really get that job in sustainability, whether it's environmental or social, is just trying to figure out how do I integrate it into what I'm doing right now. So there are, you know, it's kind of like when you find, um, when you find a friend of yours that has a hobby and you're like, oh, you know, I would never do that. But then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm in quarantine, you know, maybe I do want to do that hobby and I want to try it out. Um, that's really how the sustainability field starts and how you get yourself in there is just when somebody recognizes, oh, they're doing that green thing or they're doing that sustainability thing, uh, they're going to have the best shot at solving this challenge that we are currently facing that maybe we didn't face before. Um, and, and it's funny because we're, we're still in that world. Uh, while we think, you know, some companies are way far ahead on sustainability, majority of them are not. So, and they're just looking to get started. So it's, it's that very casual, how can I do any type of sustainability work and build that skill set um, in the, the job or the role or um, even just the, you know, toy shop, you know, worker that I, I am right now, how can I start integrating sustainability practices and you know, you think about, well, what does that look like? And really, it's just, you know, kind of using that lens on sustainability, uh, using the lens on business that involves how do I reduce costs? How do I reduce waste, energy, um, transportation, emissions? You know, thinking about um, how do you read the news differently uh, so that you can, you know, really engage on what is that company doing that is actually, you know, responding with climate resilience or how are they treating their employees that, you know, is kind of untraditional. Um, so it's, it's just taking that different lens on business and trying to apply it where you are now. And that, and that's where I say, you know, the, the network and the relationships, that's where it really gets started is because if you can practice that and you start to become known as that within your circles, that that is where you're going to find the most value. I think that's such great advice. And I always tell people, I've spoken about it on this podcast a number of times, that you, I can take any two interests that someone has, no matter how disparate they may seem, and I can find an intersection for them. And so if you love accounting, but you also you know, are passionate about recycling, there's, there's a career path there. So whatever it is, you can bring these things together. And I always tell people, don't take your passions, the things that you love to do when you're not at work and put them on a shelf and then go to work <laughs> with something that you're not exactly passionate about. So I, right. love, I love that. And, and I think that that's absolutely the way to go. And I've also had, when I think about some of the clients I've had and some of the accomplishment bullets that I've written for their resumes, you know, those could have been, had they been interested in sustainability, you know, if they're reducing, for example, I remember a client I worked with recently who, I can't remember what her job was exactly, but I remember that the bullet had to do with 
there was a route that um, some transportation people in their company had to travel every single day. And she was able to get that route significantly reduced by kind of streamlining things, which is going to save gas and all, all kinds of things, emissions and all of that. Exactly. So that could have been painted with a sustainability environmental consciousness kind of lens had she been wanting to go in that direction. So sometimes you can look back kind of retroactively and say, oh, I actually have been doing some sustainability things. I just didn't maybe recognize them as such at the time. Absolutely. Anything, anything that really comes down to um, the, what I mentioned, the cost savings, efficiency, um, anything that's related to employees uh, and benefits or culture or, you know, your supply chain, especially um, is a big one. Now, if, if you have a you know, deep supply chain and factories and transportation, Absolutely. There, almost every department, every role is dealing with sustainability in some way or another. It just may not be labeled that, uh, just as you said. I also think there's an opportunity for many of the listeners in their current roles in their company to kind of raise their hand and say, here's a need that I see related to sustainability and environmental consciousness. And Oftentimes, especially with kind of smaller to mid-sized companies, there's no one designated in that role. And so the boss would just gladly take someone's, you know, willingness to take on that role. And, and if it also benefits the company in a bottom line or top line kind of way, even better. Would you agree? I would agree exactly. Yeah. And, and you just said it better than I did, but that's, uh, that's exactly where I was going with that just having a hobby, being that one where people see you as the knowing the green side of things or the social side of things and having that lens, the more you can practice that and start to bring that into conversations, you're going to be the one that gets picked up when an investor questionnaire comes through or a supplier, um, you know, or, or customer pushes something down um, that you need to respond to, or even, you know, a consumer. Um, and we're seeing that a lot. So, you know, in those times, um, absolutely, when, when leadership is looking around saying, what can we do? You know, you want to be the one that, that they think, hey, that's, that's me. I can absolutely do that. And, you know, that's for internal. If you're looking to go uh, and move to a different company, too, you know, that it's the same thing. You, you just want to be able to have that type of lens and experience and be able to talk about what you've done to be able to make that career transition. One of the things that you brought up a few minutes ago was kind of that idea of networking. And that's something I've preached many, many times on this podcast. And I'm wondering what are some of the unique kind of tips or tricks about networking when you're talking about social, social justice kind of jobs, social impact kinds of jobs. And also I'm wondering, you know, what do you do? I have a lot of clients who are like, Net can't network right now. Sorry. Right. But I don't think that's true at all. So what are some of the strategies that people can use specifically while they're in, you know, as I call it, virus jail? <laughs> right. Um, and Lisa, you've, I'm sure you've mentioned this before too, but it, it really is the seven touches. Um, it takes seven times, uh, seven interactions for, you know, someone to really have an, a good, you know, solid impression of you where they, where you come to mind when they think about uh, filling a need. And so that's, that's what it takes. Um, and it doesn't always have to be in person. So you're right. Um, being able to get online and hopefully, you know, use a, a multitude of uh, different ways uh, about going to connect with someone, but 
it's all about finding, you know, what are those, we tell people to start with, what are the industry organizations that are doing something on sustainability? Obvious ones like the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, they're they're huge. They're, you know, every retail store um, and company knows about them all the way down to, you know, there's a uh, sustainability pet coalition uh, for the pet food and, and pet product industry. Just about any industry and, uh, and department type of, of uh, role has some sort of uh, sustainability organization that you can turn to. So that's what you want to first, you know, look and see is what kind of groups should I be um, engaging with? And all of that, it, you know, can be done online. So, you know, what can you do right now is just get familiar with uh, what's out there and what your, your paths are. Uh, what kind of language are they using? What kind of issues are they facing? Um, starting there and, and doing that due diligence. And from there, you're really gonna find, oh, what are the companies that are most involved? Um, you know, and what are they doing? And uh, you really, you just you know, take some time to let yourself, um, you know, instead of going down a YouTube rabbit hole, let yourself go down a sustainability rabbit hole and just, you know, click around, follow links, get to know who the industry players are and, you know, what they're doing. And then go in and connect with them on LinkedIn. I think, you know, one thing is right now people are really looking for that human connection. And so, you know, they may be in a place where some people, you know, are not willing to have a conversation right now. Maybe they're you know, trying to hold on to their jobs or they're trying to keep their business above water so they don't have to lay anyone off. And that may be, in, but other people are going to be really willing and open to having conversations right now to help others kind of work through this time and, you know, have a little bit extra bandwidth to lean into um, helping you land in a the right career path for you. So, so connect on LinkedIn, connect on, you know, any various uh, other channels that you're on, whether it's it's Twitter or um, if you want to, you know, follow a blog. Um, we always, you know, recommend that too. Signing up for company newsletters that you're interested in, and and just stay up to date. That you know, it's kind of what you can do now. And and as you come out of that, um, as we come on to the other side of this, you then have basically a ramp that has you know slowly led you up into a point where you can start getting together with these people if they're you know local and nearby that then you really solidify that relationship um, and have the time to first you know meet them online which is a, a less hard thing to do it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to hit connect than it is to get on the phone or uh, meet someone in person so then you have that easy route that then gets you to um, the place that, you know, you really want to be and make that human connection um, in person. So I think right now is a, one of the best times, in fact, um, to be reaching out. I totally agree. And I did a, a special podcast about that last week and talking about, um, you know, you are going to run into some people who are in fear and aren't have kind of sequestered themselves, but I think you're also going to run into a lot of people who welcome the the interaction have a little bit more time a little bit more bandwidth than they normally do and there's just this human need in most of us to kind of share what we know and share who we know with others especially when we're not getting as much of an opportunity to do that in our daily job absolutely lisa yeah i agree so as you as you know and as my listeners know i'm a master resume writer so resumes are my jam i'm pretty darn passionate about them and i'm wondering 
when it comes to resumes for people who want to be in social impact kinds of jobs, what are some of those things that, they, that people can do to make their resume stand out? Yeah, in, in sustainability, um, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned this uh, throughout our conversation here, but there's, um, there's really not uh, any experience that people are looking for specifically, right? I mean, they're not, they're not looking for a specific job that you've held or a specific role or title. The best thing that you can do in sustainability is highlight the skills, the soft skills that, require, that are required in this field. Um, and what those are, I mean, every day um, you can talk to any sustainability professional, professional and they're going to tell you, you need to work across silos, you need to work across departments um, and be able to uh, bring people together uh, that are in every day, in a normal day, they're um, engaging in their own department, they're not thinking about sustainability, but be able to you know, pull them into that conversation and align people under one roof. And that's certainly a soft skill. That's not something you really learn um, in any you know, particular job. So you're going to look for that and you're going to look for creativity and innovation and just willingness to dive into something and, and take responsibility and, uh, and figure it out. That's where we are in sustainability right now is, is people are just still figuring out what are we doing here? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and each company is doing it differently. So what does that look like for each company? And so those soft skills of being able to communicate, I am a, you know, go-getter, you know, use the right words, but I'm a go-getter, willing, you know, think creatively and, um, and across systems, you know, that you really have that lens of how everything works together and that, uh, and that your, you know, your ability to bring people together under, you know, one vision and one path. Those are the, the biggest you know, things that sustainability professionals and employers are looking for beyond, um, you know, if you don't have any hard skills such as sustainability reporting, uh, carbon footprinting, or uh, stakeholder engagement around sustainability, you know, some of those um, actual hard skills, but all of those things, you know, data analysis or, um, you know, data management or even just being, if you're an accountant or something, you know, being able to report and deal with numbers and um, and understand risks, all of those aspects uh, and and hard skills can be tailored to a sustainability lens. Absolutely, and a, a couple of things I would add is when you can turn those soft skills into bullets. So. Um, employers are pretty weary of, you know, I'm a communicator, I'm a team builder. It's kind of like blah, blah, everybody says that. But if you can give a, an example, we call them, I call them car stories, challenge, action, results. You give a, a story, an achievement bullet on your resume that talks about a time when you brought a, a cross-functional team together, when you communicated across silos, when you, um, you know, solved some kind of a problem, then that's when it really speaks to the employer because that's evidence of you doing it as opposed to just you saying that you, that you can do it. The other thing I would say to folks is look at those job descriptions that are of interest to you in that sustainability kind of arena and make sure you're covering those keywords that they're asking for because chances are if they're a company of any size that your resume is going to go through the applicant tracking system before the human gets to see it. And you want to make sure that you have those keywords embedded in your resume so that 
you will score high enough that the humans get to see your resume. That's certainly true. Yeah, you always want to tailor. Um, and I would also say, you know, there may not be the, the job that you're going for may not have sustainability keywords in, in the job description, right? I mean, you, you could be applying for um, a supply chain analyst uh, and it could have nothing to do with sustainability. However, you know, you want to make sure you get through that system, but you also want to be able to go and add the knowledge that uh, you've experienced through researching industry organizations and talking to people in the field and understanding their challenges and be able to put that in the forefront so that when you get through to that interview that you know they're picking up on hey you've got something unique here and and that's really where we find you know majority of jobs because they're they're not in the title and they're not in the description that you can stand out um, and be that the sustainability champion in the stack of resumes. Mm -hmm. And really just putting that lens on the things that you have done. So if you were in a sorority in college and you chaired a committee that did something that has a sustainability or a, a social impact kind of piece to it, a component to it, then really showing that and making sure that those, those volunteer experiences um, are showing up on your resume so they can see those those kind of organizations that you worked with and the roles with those organizations that you held. So what do you think going forward, what does the future of this field look like? And what can you tell the listeners about, you know, <laughs> what virus jail is going to do to the future of the sustainability kind of industry and field? Well, Lisa, it's a, a tough question right now um, as you know, things are changing week by week and, and we don't really know what the outlook is going to be like depending on you know, where the, the economy goes and everything that goes under with that. Um, however, what I can say is um, if you have been reading the news and, and tuning into what the sustainability outlook is like, you'll see that at least, you know, in, in my world, of course, because I'm following these things, but at least a third of the news channels are putting out articles on, is the retail industry going to, you know, keep their sustainability commitments during this time? Um, what does it look like uh, for um, social sustainability and, and resiliency of your employees look like during this time? You know, all of those are uh, related to the work that we do and the work that you'll be doing in this field. And, and it actually is top of, of mind right now. And the funny thing is, you know, and hopefully, um, you know, more and more companies see this as it comes out, but the companies that are responding the best right now are the ones that have been integrating sustainability for years now. They're the ones who've already thought about what, how do we value our employees? Um, what kind of benefits do we really want to give them and what kind of culture do we have? How do we reduce our emissions? So we already have, you know, telecommunication technology and we're set up for remote work and, you know, we've gone paperless so people don't have to be in the office. Um, you know, there's a lot of aspects about this, um, this time, this uh, virus that we're living in that actually have prepared, sustainability has prepared companies for. And I think what we're going to see coming out of this is, you know, hopefully a majority of companies will continue to, you know, hold steadfast in their sustainability commitments and actually double down 
um, and say, look, we've got to save money right now. There's, there's nothing we can do more than um, create efficiencies, reduce our energy use, think about how are, you know, are we shipping air or are we shipping ground, which is cheaper, but also has less, you know, emissions associated. Um, you know, thinking about all of these different aspects that will save money, keep their employees on board and, and actually start bringing people to come back to work for them. I think that's the other unique thing about this um, that we'll see as it shapes out. But uh, what I'm what I'm expecting is that, you know, there's a lot of people that have been laid off and a lot of those people are young. They're the young work generation uh, in the workforce. And what do those people want uh, more than anything is to you know, find a job that they know they're going to be valued and that their values align with the companies. Um, and I think we're really going to see companies have to step up uh, to get and, and retain but attract the talent that they're really looking for as we come out of this recession. I think those are such good points. And I think that um, woe to the company that isn't paying attention to the shifts that we're seeing on our planet as this time has happened and people are not driving as much. They're not going to work and, and causing the, the emissions, not only from transportation to and from work, but once they're at work and the, the, the usage of electricity and all of those things. And I was reminded as you were talking, uh, because I was in, last year I was in Venice before, you know, first the floods happened and now this happened um, in, in it throughout Italy. And that the, the, the canals in Venice are clearer than they have been in many, many years because of what has happened. And, you know, they're showing pictures of, from space and you can tell the difference, which is just, wonderful and tragic all at the same time. And so I think any company that isn't looking at that and learning lessons from that, I think may very well have a short shelf life. Would you agree? I would agree, Lisa. I think, um, I think you're on it exactly. It's only going to show um, what we really need. I think, you know, the other conversation that's been happening alongside all of this is, um, hey, coronavirus has, has a short has this short outlook, this short time frame, um, and you know you're seeing the cases uh, just skyrocket. And you know I'll be interested to see the models that come out that they're showing. You know climate change has had the same effect; it's just happening a little slower than we expect. So you know I'm curious to see what the the models are going to come out and say. Look at the asthma rates. Um, you know, through the industrial re revolution and, you know, and look at these and all of those are just going to be skyrocketing in the same, the same degree, uh, just over a longer period of time. And, and we're just not seeing it, um, you know, right in front of us where the death count, you know, raises each day because it's things that we've dealt with our whole lives, um, mm -hmm. asthma and, and, you know, clean water, access to you know, healthy food, you know, all these things that are system, systemic changes uh, that are going to have to be made um, where we start to make that connection of, you know, climate being the, the next, you know, COVID-19, if you will, um, that it's just, it's taking a slower and longer timeline than what we're dealing with today. I think those are, those are fantastic points. And um, I hope that you listeners have 
been able to kind of find those crossroads that I was talking about at the outset of, you know, your passion and maybe what you do now, because if you're, if you're drawn to, you know, carbon neutral footprints and you're an accountant, there's a role in companies for you. And if you're a marketing person, oh my heavens, there's tons of roles for you within companies um, related to sustainability. So no matter what it is, the whatever field you're in or desire to be in, there, there is a, a sustainability potential for you in your career if that is something that you are passionate about and committed to. So Katie, what else do you want the listeners to know before we kind of wrap up and tell them to how to, how to find you? You know, I think um, where I would end this is just pay attention, you know, be tuned in. If you're interested uh, in this field of sustainability, really, you know, double down right now and, and listen to what the industry is saying, what people are um, engaging on, because, you know, just as any time, just like losing a job is a disruption. Uh, right now, you know, we are in a, a global disruption and things are going to shake out. Um, and I think they're, they're going to shake out in our favor on sustainability. And so roll with the tide uh, if you can right now and um, set your sights on what, uh, what it could look like and talk to the right people to understand what a job in this field could look like in something you're, you're interested and passionate about. And we're you know, so, certainly open uh, to being that for you. Um, in fact, we, uh, I didn't mention to you, Lisa, yet, but SBC has been named uh, Presidio Graduate School's Career Services Arm. Um, so we are standing in um, for Presidio Graduate School, who is the nation's leader in sustainable management um, and sustainability in business MBA program, and, and SBC is the arm for that. So we are we are certainly you know putting resources behind this to ensure that students and anyone who's making a career transition is landing uh, on their feet. That is fantastic. That is very cool news. And so I want you to tell them about the book that you mentioned at the outset and how they can get a copy of that. Of course, Lisa. It's called Sustainability Jobs, um, written by Kevin Wilhelm, and you can find it on Amazon. Um, you can also find it through Lulu Publishing, um, which is actually a carbon neutral company. Oh. Uh, so if you, if you want to start by reducing your own footprint right now, um, you can order through there um, or, of course, through Amazon. And how can people get a hold of you if they want to ask you some questions or kind of follow up with you or just follow you on social media? Yeah, of course. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm most active on there. Um, so Katie Seacrest um, and otherwise, um, Twitter is great. Um, I, I'm also on there. But even, you know, I'm happy to, to share my email, katie at sustainablebizconsulting.com. Um, and please do reach out. Uh, this is, uh, again, you know, something we're really passionate about. And as you said, Lisa, you know, when you have experience in a field, especially one that's as crazy and uh, nuanced as sustainability, uh, anything that, you know, we can share to help further the professionals and the experts that are doing this type of work, uh, that's what we're really passionate about. That is fabulous. And so I thank you for being willing to put your email address out there. And I'm going to put all of the information um, uh, to how to reach you on the various socials on our show notes. And um, 
try to put, I don't think you've given me that, but I'm going to try to put a link to the book in there as well. If I can, if I can pull that off, <laughs> I'll of do that as well. Um, yeah. Katie, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. I think this is such a, uh, a great topic and I think it's, it couldn't be more timely coming out, you know, during uh, Earth Day week month, but also in the midst of virus jail and what that's causing us to do in terms of rethinking ourselves, rethinking our priorities, and, and really honestly rethinking our planet. I, I love the way you've said that. Um, yes, absolutely. And, you know, we could talk about this uh, for hours. And so <laughs> uh, while we've done what we can in this matter of time, um, yes, there's certainly a lot to be said and a lot of uh, ideas and, and tools and things that you can use to land on your feet in this field uh, as you're looking at uh, jobs and sustainability. So appreciate the time, Lisa, um, to be able to talk to you and your audience. And I look forward to connecting in the future. Thank you again so much. And as always, guys, I want to be your career coach. So use the link in the show notes to schedule that 45-minute consult with me if you're ready to take this to the next level. I'm getting a lot of people who are saying now is the perfect time to rethink my resume, rethink my job search strategy, brush up on my interviewing skills, all of that, because I want to be at the front of the line when kind of the hiring doors start to open again. You know, that is not the time to be updating your resume and updating your LinkedIn profile. You want to do that now so that you're ready to go. So if I can help you with that, please reach out to me. And you know the socials, all the, all the usuals for me, and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.